On today's PSG Talking Podcast, we discuss the loss to Ren last Sunday. Is it time to panic? Is Tuchel to blame for the lack of motivation? What needs to change for PSG to get back to their winning ways? Neymar continues to be in the news as Barcelona search between their sofa cushions for enough cash to afford PSG's prized asset. Will a move actually happen, or could another team swoop in as the transfer window comes to a close? What other moves should PSG make to solidify their squad? Finally, we look ahead to the Champions League draw and answer your questions from Twitter. I'm your host, Ed, and this is PSG Talking. Welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and with me today are fellow contributors, James Teague. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Excellent. And Zach Donabedian, did I pronounce your last name correctly? You nailed it. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining me. We're a little bit of a skeleton squad today, but a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Um, we're going to be talking about that frustrating loss to Ren on the road last Sunday. We're going to be talking about, of course, the latest on Neymar. Um, and some other transfer news that literally just came across my phone right as I was hitting record on this podcast. So we'll get to all of that. We're going to preview the Champions League draw. We're going to give you our potential group stage, who we think PSG will draw. And then we have a few Twitter questions that we're going to get into. So let's just jump into it. The 2-1 loss to Ren, Guys, incredibly frustrating game to watch. It's it didn't even start out well, even though we, we did score that first goal. We had Edison Cavani was basically gifted a goal just with some comical passing at the back. I'm not sure what they were doing there, but credit to Cavani for jumping on it and finishing uh, calmly and getting that goal. But from the opening whistle, we just did not play well. I was frustrated watching that whole match. Um, then you had um, Bei Niang. He scored a, a fantastic goal right before... Uh, halftime, very clean finish. And then we had that uh, Romain de, Quiz- de Castillo uh, goal, a uh, header from Eduardo Camavinga, who is the, the hottest name in world football right now. Uh, he just completely stole that match, and he just was the standout player. And, and we PSG were played off the park. I hate to say it. So that's my little brief recap. I'm going to open it up. Uh, James, do you want to dive in and give some of your thoughts on what happened? Uh, well, what happened, it looked like we didn't really feel like being there to me. Um, looked like we kind of slept walk through a full 90 minutes. Kind of thought we were just going to show up and uh, and win, which at least the last time I was on this podcast is exactly what I said we can't do. Um, I mean, that, that's how you get beat. And uh, and it showed over over 90 minutes. Um, I do think uh, personally, I think I, I like Mbappe uh, more central. At a nine, I think he um, is a little, I mean, he was aggressive still um, this game, but I think his runs are much more effective uh, when he gets to try to split people right down the middle. Um, that first goal, I didn't really fault Ariola on that one. 
Mm. The second one, I thought he could have did more. Now, I don't know if he would have – I don't know that he actually would have saved it, but I feel like uh, all around on the defensive side, we were poor. Um, I was frustrated watching it. I didn't really want to watch it. I was actually trying to find other things to do uh, about 56 minutes in. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of where I was um, after the game. It it this this can't be. We can't let this be normal for us. We, we've got to we've got to do something a little different. What was surprising is that players like Marquinhos, Juan Bernat, guys that you can typically count on. Had lapses in judgment and led to that opening goal. I saw some talk on Twitter about Ariola blaming him for that first goal. There's not many keepers in the world that would have stopped that. You that's can blame him for a lot of things, but I don't think that's one. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I agree with James. It was tough to watch. Uh, the team just looks incredibly flat. This seems to be a theme for a lot of the away matches now in Liga, stretching back to the end of last season. You'd think after an entire offseason, they'd you know, try and get things together for their way matches, but they've been struggling. Um, yeah, I agree. Ariola, uh, the first shot, tough to save. The second one, you just you have to have you can't hesitate like that. You gotta you gotta commit to either trying to save it near the post or try and get it out of the box. And he just you know, it comes in and then Munier, Silva and Ariola, they're all looking at each other, they're all clueless. The back the back line and the keeper are just not on the same page and it's been causing some problems. That is one of his things that he needs to work on, Ariola, is you know coming off his line, jumping up, grabbing that ball when it's in the box. Yeah. I think he relies on his defenders a little bit too much. Um, and he did that back line, Silva, Diallo, you know, you've got a player who's new to the squad, another guy who's aging. I mean, Silva's still great, but he's, he's on the downside of his career. I mean, he needed to come out off his line and get that ball. And Mounier, I'm surprised we still have him, to be honest. I'm, I thought Manchester United would come in for him, but they didn't need him. I, yeah. Maybe some Serie A team can take them. I I would rather see uh, Dagba in there uh, right back or, um, you know, somebody else that we could pick up in the transfer market. I think right back is definitely a position. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, both of you have kind of talked about the you guys didn't really want to watch this match and it was difficult to watch. On Twitter, I kind of just threw it out there. I'm kind of blaming the manager for this one, you know. Ren has given PSG a lot of issues. I think along with Leon, they have beaten PSG the most over the last, you know, how many many years, 10 matches or something like that. Why can't Tuchel manage to motivate this team on the road to set, you know, set the message that we are we're taking Leon seriously. We're going to right the wrongs from last year and go in there and beat Ren 4-0. Why did we see this performance? Is it more on the players or is it the manager? Uh, James, if you want to take this one. Uh, I think I'm going to, I might be in the minority here. Um, okay. I, I'm not going to blame Tuchel for that. Um, I feel it partially from my experience from playing sports myself. I feel like if you're a, uh, professional athlete and you want to have any kind of greatness, you can't motivate yourself. I, I don't know who's going to do it. Um, especially when, you know, a lot of, a lot of them are making more than Tuchel does. You know, mm-hmm. you think you have a little bit more of incentive, sense of pride, have a sense of urgency to uh, to get up for for games. Um, you know, the great ones they don't like to lose more than they like winning, and losing kind of sucks. So I, I mean, I, I feel like it's it's got to start from within, and you know, Tuchel's there to draw more out, but. 
I mean, you got. I, I feel like sometimes you just got to give them something to work with. Um, and I and I think I, I don't want the the talk around Tuchel to de, to devolve into switching coaches again because mm-hmm. we've done this uh, twice now and nothing's changed. So that kind of tells me that uh, maybe it's not the coach. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to point fingers at anybody uh, captaincy or anything like that, but you know that's uh-huh. the constant over three three coaches now or three managers. Okay, so you're thinking Silva perhaps needs to either be sat down or stripped of the captaincy, some kind of change there. I mean, Mbappe, you know, at the award ceremony last year did talk about how he wants more responsibility. Do you think that that is what he was alluding to? Um, Zach, do you think that Mbappe should be a captain? Do you have someone else in mind? Um, Or do you think it is the manager who's not motivating this team properly? Um, I actually agree with James. Um, Along the same line... There are a lot of uh, coaches in other sports that, you know, um, they don't think it's their responsibility to have to motivate professional athletes. You know, this is this is their job. Imagine trying to go to your job and your manager has to give you a pep talk every morning. You know, it's just not, <laughs> it's not necessary. But uh, it would um, be nice. It would be nice. Uh, in terms of the captaincy, I don't I would like to see Mbappe, but he is only 20 still. And it, you just you just worry about what that would uh, the message that would send to the other players you know that have uh, been on the team for a, a lot longer have more experience, but in the same sense you do want someone with that aggression that's gonna bring your team you know in those tough moments and like bring them out of those moments and uh, <clears throat> and try and succeed and I agree with James so far Silva is just like he's just not been that guy his his attitude on the pitch he's very very passive. And uh, you just don't see him really bring his teammates and, and really get everyone fired up and ready to play for those big matches. You just don't see it. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Mbappe, but I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Marquinhos would be a decent captain. I think he plays in a defensive role, and they typically are, are better at being a captain to kind of see the, the entire pitch in front of them. Um, and I think he's, he's earned it with his play, although against Ren he did struggle at times. But overall, especially being so willing to play in different positions and I mean, he's just absolute quality. Um, I will differ from both of you. I think it is the manager. Um, You've got to look at Tuchel's resume now. He didn't win any of the domestic cups last year. And we had another debacle in the Champions League. And the end of last season, we just kept losing. Um, We really struggled on the road in in the French League. At some point, you've got to look at him and be like, what are we doing? Every manager in world football deals with injuries, deals with players coming in and players leaving. Tuchel's got, last year he had Neymar with him for most of the year, Mbappe, Cavani, any other manager would love to have this squad. I don't think we're that far away. We're maybe a goalkeeper and a right back from being a series contender for the Champions League. And we're losing, we're getting played off the park by Wren with a 16-year-old in the middle of the pitch. Either it's a failure to motivate them or it's it's a colossal failure in tactics if he can't figure out what they're doing and work around it with the players that we have. If we were to believe what you guys are saying and that these players, it's just the captaincy and the players need to motivate themselves, then maybe we just have the complete wrong players. I mean, this is a game they should have been up for. They should have circled this when the schedule came out and circled this as this is a day we're all going to show up and we're going to run them out of the off the pitch you know this this should have been a five nil something and they came out completely flat and we're not coming off a world cup i know some of them had Copa america and and different tournaments like that but i'm just i'm finding a hard time explaining this and i i look at tuco and i feel like 
he's had a lot of failures this past year, and other managers have been fired for less. So I do. I, 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 I want to yeah, go ahead. Um, so I, I'm not. I don't want to speak and say anything about tactics because I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe that is the case, and maybe we do need a new guy. I, I'll be the first to tell you I have no idea. But um, what I have seen is, especially in this game, Cavani in the face of all the officials. I, I always see Verratti in front of an official when things aren't going away. I see Mbappe in front of an official. And when cards start coming out, I see many other people, you know, all around. And maybe I'm wrong. I kind of thought it was the captain's job mm-hmm. to be the mediator between players and the head ref. And not once have I seen Silva in frame when things are going wrong. I don't know where he is. I don't know whether he's still back in in the box, you know, chilling out, hanging and just watching the show. But, you know, sometimes I, I don't see leadership mm-hmm. on the pitch from the guy who is dubbed to be the leader. Maybe that's a, very, that's a good point. Maybe it's something he's doing behind closed doors, but I don't, to the outside world, I don't see it. Uh, and I think that's I think that's part of it because I mean we had uh, how many yellow cards we it seemed like everybody on the pitch on our side had a yellow card out of frustration. Yeah, it, and, Juan Bernard, uh, Munier had a yellow, Draxler had a yellow, Roddy had a yellow, and Cavani had a yellow. And, yeah. and you know, and I think part of that is I, I don't know that there's anything that a manager can say in that situation. That actually just doesn't make you more pissed off that he's still talking to you on the side. That that's got to come from somebody that you respect that's out there on the field with you. And, I and don't there's know been it up in before and after though, because like to to kind of um, I don't know bridge both of you a little bit, I guess. Um, Tuchel, in some sense, like after the matches, you ask him what goes wrong, and it's never like we played poorly and we got it wrong today. You know, it's like, we don't have these players, you know, and it, there's just excuse after excuse. And so when he's not willing to, you know, make the, the players feel responsible or himself responsible, that disseminates through the whole team. Uh, that's you know? that's then, a good point. Mm-hmm. And so it, it does go both ways. You need the presence on, on the pitch when you're playing, you know, but you need it during preparation and after, you know, the, yeah. and you just, you do not hear Tuchel really, accept responsibility for any of the losses so i it is it is definitely both I, I would say and the tactics too i mean we don't have to dive in but all these losses that we see we it's usually our midfield that just gets overrun or disjointed we have Verratti just trying to you know he's making tackles near our own box and then he's trying to find solutions in the final third he's responsible for carrying the ball across the halfway line draxler's invisible you know it's like uh some of the tactics we haven't gotten right either um, it's it, it's it's a lot of issues, unfortunately. That's that's not what people want to hear, but yeah. it's just not one one thing. There's no doubt that uh, Ren manager Julian Stefan has Tuchel's number. I mean, Tuchel yeah. just cannot beat this guy, and no matter who they lose, they come back and they they just run all over us. It's crazy. Um, Props to them. I mean, yeah, I tweeted out, you know, full credits to them. And, um, you know, you guys were talking about how all the players and the yellows and the arguing with the referee, Mark Damon, a fellow PSG talk contributor, Mark Damon, he tweeted out that, oh, I see that we're, you know, at the stage where players just start yelling at the referees. I mean, every loss, it follows the same formula over and over. We come yep. out flat. Maybe we'll get a cheap goal. Yeah, the variety, you know, he does the hand gesturing and it just follows the same formula. Um, 
you know, you did mention, I agree with you about Tuchel that he, um, you know, doesn't really put the blame on the players as he should sometimes. I, there was one instance, I don't know if you guys saw, when Mbappe early in, in the match was running into the box and his shirt was clearly pulled mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. He didn't go down. He stayed up. He didn't flop. What is uh, VR? I admire VR? that. It, you know, you watch the Premier League games and they're out there with like a protractor inch by inch, frame by frame, seeing if someone is offside. This was a clear goal scoring opportunity. He had his shirt pulled back and it's not reviewed at all. Yeah. Am I missing something with this? Because that would have put them up 2-0 or I'm not, I can't remember what, at what point in the game, but that's two goals. Maybe the game ends 2-2. I mean, does VAR not look at that? Um. Not not for PSG. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, I mean that's, that's the same thing I'm thinking is you know when when you're it's it's kind of the opposite you know in the NFL Tom Brady gets those calls and uh, when you're PSG you don't because that's what you're supposed to do I guess. Maybe if and, it's Neymar I can understand because everyone hates him but Mbappe's French he's the the face of the French league. If he can't I mean he is Tom Brady in Liga he can't get a call. <laughs> Well, he plays for the villain, so you know we, we're not gonna get those. We might as well stop complaining about it until because it ain't gonna change. That's just th- the way it is. I think unfortunately it's one of those situations where if he did go down, like we all don't want it to mm-hmm. see, he could have gotten the penalty call, which is just so unfortunate. But it's just the yeah, way you, it is. you got to reward the players it. for standing on on their feet. Just to wrap up the the manager talk, both of you think it's more the players, but I, I'll just throw this out there: What would you need to see this season for PSG to make? a move and, and replace Tuchel. I, I wrote an article and I said, you get to the group stage and I need to see at least two matches in the group stage against top tier opponents. And if we're still, you know, not pl- playing well, I think you got to make a change there and bring someone in. But what will it take for you guys to say, Hey, the manager's got to go. I think just a kind of a repeat of last season. If we have a disappointing champions league exit again, and we don't capture all of the, the cups, then that's probably enough. I mean, we're at the point in, in France where we should be winning Ligue 1, Coupe de France, Coupe de la Ligue. We should be winning all of them, even even though we're spreading our uh, players out among all the competitions. We should be able to capture all the domestic competitions at, at you know, at least. Um, if we're out in the group stage, a round of 16 on, a, on some ugly, terrible performance again, then that probably would be enough for me. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think for me it'd be more uh, more vague in general. I just want to see progression uh, in quality throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that shakes out to winning everything and getting uh, getting to a Champions League final, like who knows? Um, I can't, I think I've been kind of swayed over to where Guillaume was a couple weeks ago, which is I, I just want to see them play well and get better because. Um, if we're late into the season and we still look like this, then there's clearly a problem. And if, even if we were able to sleepwalk and win some things, I think we're still going to have – I think the, the problem is still there. Um, so I, I just want to see us get it get better. I want to see beautiful football um, and improvement. I, as long as there's not like some kind of massive collapse like against Man U – um, I, I think he probably, in my mind, he probably should stay. I mean, we might not get any farther. We might not pick up all the trophies, but if it's not something, um, that is, we're getting outplayed, 
necessarily or uh, outcoached. I, I think he's all right, in my book at least. So looks like another full season. I'm kind of a little bit short of a, of a leash there. And uh, if things don't go our way, I think you got to make a change. And I said it on Twitter, Mourinho. I know a lot of people don't <laughs> like him. He's on, he's on whatever network that was crying, saying he misses football. You give him this team – you know he's done it before. I mean, well, he may. Well, but what happens if he doesn't? And we just we just let him go. A revolving door Perform- of coaches. Or? Performance-based contract. You get to the end of the season, get us deep into the Champions League, and then maybe we'll talk about extending the contract. But I think, short term, he could come in, motivate these players. He doesn't take any crap from anyone, and he's entertaining to watch. Which Guillaume always calls us, you know, PSG Hollywood FC. I think he fits. I think it could happen. I don't know. Maybe I'm just smoking something who knows i, I know like, a lot of people on, on twitter do not want that to happen although we had a, a poll and 60 percent of our thousand plus voters all said that yeah bring Mourinho in so maybe yeah, i'm not that, that crazy yeah maybe you're not that that did shock me i i saw their poll results <laughs> i was like really that's i guess the only thing i worry about though is you know you bring him in you know he's not going to be at psg for three seasons four seasons so you're going to bring him in short term it's going to just be a revolving door um, yeah, that, that's uh, all I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, the, being uh, the club that just cycles through managers. You you can have short-term success that way, but if you look at a lot of the clubs that are really setting long-term goals, you know, Manchester City with Pep or Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp, they gave him three full seasons before they really, before he got them to the Champions League and and got that yeah. that win. You know, he got his players in, develops them, but it, you sometimes you have to give your manager that chance. Um, but I guess in Ligue 1, it's different because PSG is expected to dominate the league and win the domestic cup. So you you do need results, but I agree with James. You you don't want to just cycle through through managers and not get a, a good system going. Fair point. Let's move along here. So from the manager to Neymar, everyone's favorite topic. There's been some news. There hasn't been a ton of movement, but there's been news. So ESPN FC's Julien Laurent, he reported that Barca is interested now in a loan deal where it would be a total of 150 million euro, but it would be 40 million up front, take them on loan for the season, and then next season they would be obligated to pay the rest of the, the 150 million euro. Obviously, this is a terrible deal for PSG. They've you know, to decline the the offer. Um, I even saw some reports that said that Barcelona isn't even really serious about this Neymar thing. They're just trying to unsettle PSG. Clearly, there's still some bad blood from when Neymar made the switch from Barcelona to PSG. Um, what do you guys make of this news? Do you think Neymar is going to stay? There's been reports that PSG are starting to feel confident that he will remain with the team. Um, given after seeing what the ultras did, he's clearly trying to make a move back to Barcelona. He clearly doesn't want to be here. Is it good to keep him here? What do you think is going to happen as the transfer window goes down? Zach, we'll start with you. Um, I think he ends up staying. I just I just don't think um, any of the teams that are, quote, interested in him are in a position where they can buy him for what we're asking for. So um, I, think, I think we end up keeping him just on that fact alone. Uh, I don't think we can work out a deal with Real Madrid. Barca doesn't have the money. People are saying Juventus, but if they need to get rid of Dybala because of their financial situation, I don't know how they could also afford to pay us. So I, I think he ends up staying, and uh, we'll just have to figure out how he integrates into the group um, and and how the ultras treat him. Yeah, that's the thing is how he, will he be you know received from the ultras? 
they mm-hmm. they didn't have kind things to say to him and i wonder you know this is almost like a contract year for him he he really needs to perform well um to build up his stature as one of the game's elite i mean we all know that he is but he's got to stay healthy and prove it james do you think that that's even possible for him this year or are you worried about him picking up another injury Oh, I'm definitely worried about him picking up another injury. He he picked up an injury before the Copa of America even started. Yeah. I, that's that, that's not uh that's not a real like contact injury. I'm sure they're not actively tackling Neymar and and training like that. You know that's that's either something that you know uh, it's a Antonio Brown injury that he just went off somewhere <laughs> and came back gimpy, or or I mean it sounds like he was probably doing something he had no business doing. Um. But yeah, I'm concerned about it. If he's getting hurt in training, the league gun is not going to protect him. We mm-hmm. we know that already. Champions League is not going to protect him. Not when he's playing for us. So I think he's the most fouled player. I think I saw the statistics. I mean, he's going to get hacked constantly, and he doesn't want to wear different boots. His ankles are flimsy. It's it's a nervy time for both the club and him. He needs to perform well to orchestrate a big transfer deal next summer. And PSG. You know, this is their prized asset that could really decline in value if he picks up a third injury in three mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's an incentive for us to kind of hold him out a little bit just to, you know, protect yeah. the yeah. protect the cash cow and try to chip him off. I, you know, I'm going to say it like I said last time, under no circumstances does he leave PSG and go back to Barcelona. I don't think that's a good idea. So well, here's what I Barcelona need an attacking player. Coutinho just went on loan to uh, Bayern Munich, and I read this uh, Dembele is now injured for an extended period of time. They're going to need help in the attack, and there's been all these rumors. Their fans surprisingly want Neymar to come back. PSG is in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe Barca will part with Semedo. Maybe they will part with another player. They don't really have a lot that PSG would want, but maybe there's something that could be done there and PSG can just, you know, wipe their hands and be done with Neymar. But it's got to make sense. They've got to get the players um, or the money that they can reinvest immediately. Um, the transfer window is going down. There's been talks about um, Dybala and um, Kaylor Navas potentially coming in. And we can transfer in, uh, into that. Do you think... Neymar should be sold in order to fund those two purchases of those two players. It, do, does PSG even really need Dybala? Um, should we really be concentrating on uh, starting right back? In terms of transfer, what do you think needs to happen, and what do you think PSG needs as we uh, wind down the window here? James, we'll start with you. Uh, I think just to get this saga over with, give me 150 euro plus Dybala, and you can have him today. That's that's just to, how I to feel. Juventus, yeah. Yeah. That, um, Basically, just because I'm kind of over it, um, I, I I don't know uh, what good we get from keeping Neymar on this long um, or throughout the entire season, knowing he doesn't want to be here mm-hmm. and the Barcelona rumors that just won't ever go away since day one. Uh, and if he's not going to play because fear of injury or whatever i don't know what good comes out of that so um to try to replace him and get most of the money back i think is probably the best we're going to do i don't know too many teams that can actually just pony up and pay what we want to be honest with you so i I think we're gonna have to compromise somewhere maybe maybe psg could do a 
a loan deal with Juventus where maybe they get 50, 60 million in cash and Dybala and then obligation to buy next season where it's a little bit more. They could, you know, I mean, Arsenal got Pepe with 45 million. I mean, just be creative, you know, figure it out. Uh, Zach, (laughs) what do you you think? Um, Are are you looking at, like I said, Navas, you know, he put in a transfer request apparently uh, to join PSG. That would be a great move. I don't know how much that would cost PSG. They could probably afford it, but a big player like Dybala, do you think Neymar needs to be sold in order to fund that? Is that a luxury player? Should we be really looking at that defense at the right back position? What do you think PSG needs to do? Uh, I do think right back is probably a more priority than keeper, despite our doubts about Areola. But I do agree that um, trying to get a player to replace Neymar would be good, both on the pitch and just for the atmosphere in the team. You know, you just you just don't want your your biggest player to be creating like a toxic environment. So, um, yeah, ideally we would find some solution with uh, Juventus to to work a deal out. But I just feel like they would be the least likely to spend that much cash. You know, considering they just spent a bunch on uh, Ronaldo, but who knows? You, you never know uh, with these big clubs who they can get money from and and uh, and get the players they want. So I, I would say uh, DiBala would be fantastic, and uh, I prefer a right back over a keeper. Yeah. But um, it's I don't know exactly what our budget is, and I don't think anyone's put down a solid number. We don't really know what it's at right now, so it's hard. It's just hard to know what kind of money we're playing with. Um, and, and they've done some good business. I mean, Herrera came on a free. I think his salary is high. Um, Sarabia was like 18 million, something like that. Yeah. Um, so they've been really smart this summer. They haven't really splashed the cash. I can't imagine they would need to sell Neymar and use that money to fund a Dybala or, um, I mean, who who is the right back that you think is available that we could sign? Still would like to go for Atal from Nice. Yeah. Uh, just. After the match uh, against us last season, where I saw that guy, he was just—he was fantastic. I, he's a really dynamic player. Yeah. Not, not the greatest on defense, but so you can add that to the list of our all of our fullbacks, <laughs> just how we play. <laughs> I always also like uh, Kenny Lilla at Strasbourg. I think he would be another good player. Um, the the Navas situation, or you know, his transfer request is interesting. What do you think happens with Ariola? Does he then put in his own transfer request and say, I'm not playing second fiddle again? Um, we did sign uh, Marcin Bolka, so he could be the backup. But let's say we do sign a keeper, whether it's Donnarumma or, um, you know, Navas. What happens with Ariola, you think? Uh, I think if we sign Navas, I could see Ariola sticking around because Navas is still a little older. You sign Donnarumma. We got problems because, yeah. um, <laughs> like, he's if you're bringing him in to be the number one keeper, he's super young, and the the intent would be for him to stay for years to come. Um, and I don't know that that's one that he could wait out. Now I'm already surprised that uh, that Areola has stuck around as long as he did with uh, Sirigu and then Trap coming in and then beating out Trap and then not beating out Trap. And then you bring in uh, Buffon, and like I, I don't know. We kind of, I feel like we kind of treat him like the redheaded stepchild sometimes. Um, but I, I think if if you bring in Navas, he probably takes his lumps and stays. But if you bring in Donnarumma, he probably would want to go. Um, I just don't know who'd take him though. Yeah. To be honest with Zach, you. is is Donnarumma that much of an upgrade over Ariola? Is it worth upsetting the squad and having to then transfer Ariola out? 
If if you have the opportunity, yeah, I think he both is that much better already and has more potential. I mean, um, he's a few years younger than Ariola still, isn't he? He's only twenty. I mean, yeah, yeah he has insane potential. So okay. I still I think that would be worth it. I was gonna say, I I wouldn't move for Navas just for that sole reason that. We've already made contact with Donnarumma. If we can maybe get him in the winter market or next summer, I think that would be a much better move than doing another short-term solution where we bring in a keeper, we're rotating keepers, mm-hmm. Champions League comes, we don't have a, a solid rhythm going between our keepers. And um, <clears throat> I just wouldn't mind seeing Ariel ride it out for one season and we just we kind of see what happens. I mean, just, just give him a chance for one full season. He can be the number one. And if this kind of a, a prove-it year for him, yeah, we we tried that with Buffon. You know, Navas isn't nearly that old, but right. I've seen the experienced keeper come in, and we saw how that ended. I would like to get a young, up and coming, very athletic keeper come in. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Syria, so I I can't say how much better he is. I'll take your word for it. Um, but I think just in general, if we have a chance to get a quality player in who hasn't been on the pitch for those devastating, you know. 6-0 or whatever, you know, the Barcelona match and Manchester United, the more of those players we can ship out and get a new fresh mentality in, I think it can only be better better for the club as a whole as we try to actually do something this season. Um, let's let's change gears a little bit. Let's uh, look ahead. Champions League, people say that's really the only competition that matters for PSG. I would disagree with that. When you look at the, the the different pots for the Champions League, and the Champions League draw is on August 29th, I believe, guys. Um, so when you look at the different pots, PSG are going to be in pot one. Zach, give me your ideal group, and tell me why it is your ideal group. Is it because you think it's the easiest? Do you think it's because it's the hardest? Is it because the different teams? Um, walk me through who you think PSG um, will draw. So I, I think uh, in pot two, uh, I... I went with Dortmund just because I did think it would be interesting if Tuchel plays his old uh, team. They have some dynamic players uh, that'd be fun to watch, like uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, I think that would be just be an interesting matchup tactically and be a really good environment. Um, I can't remember, have we played Dortmund before? I mean, it's been, I don't know if we've had that matchup before. Um, so that would be new. Um, I also picked uh, Leverkusen out of the next pot just because I thought it would be uh kind of the level of the club where we'd have to go in um, with some strategy and, and really put forth an effort, but we weren't going to just walk away with it like if we were playing, you know, uh, Celtic. Um, and then from the last pod, I picked Galatasaray just because I know that that environment is crazy. <laughs> and it'd yeah. just be fun to watch those matches. I feel like the two ultras groups, if they get to travel to both, that would just be a really fun atmosphere. So I kind of just mixed up between all the different pots uh, what I wanted to look for. I like it. James, who do you got in your champ- ideal Champions League group, and uh, tell me why. Uh, from pot two, uh, I actually picked Tottenham um, because they were runners-up. So I think that is something we need out of the group stage um, to have to have to go – for them to come here and then have to go back uh, over to England, I, I always think is probably uh, something we're going to need mentally. Um, then from pot three – I actually went with Inter, um, mm-hmm. just because going to Italy always kind of seems like a little bit of a chore for us. Uh, so, um, but I but I also think that is good quality without having to um, necessarily kill ourselves, provided we are where we're supposed to be at this time of the season. 
and then uh, from pot four, I picked Leipzig um, mm-hmm. because this this is my uh, give me for for Tuchel. This is some this is somebody that he should have had to uh, plan against before. Kind of knows what's going on, so give him one German club to actually kind of prove to us and himself that he can be tactically sufficient mm-hmm. um even when it's a it's a match that we probably should be able to win relatively easily but i'll tell you what leipzig's got some great young players uh, warner they've got a striker they've got some solid defensemen that is a difficult team in pot uh four i wouldn't want to play them <laughs> <laughs> Even though I did choose them. Um, so I'll, I'll quickly go through mine uh, in pot two. I mean, PSG always draw someone that's extremely difficult. Um, Real Madrid is a little bit down, where, whereas their um, partners in Madrid, Atletico, are flying right now with some of the signings that they made. So I think PSG are going to draw Atletico Madrid just because they're the, the most difficult. And then I'm going with a Red Bull combination. So I'm going Red Bull Salzburg, and I'm going... Uh, Leipzig, and so hopefully with all of that energy drink, all that Red Bull, it'll spark something in our team to play with some damn motivation, and they'll just come out flying. No more sleepwalking in these games. Just you know, chug the Red Bull and go. So that's I'm going with that. That's gonna be my my four. Um, but again, yeah, I just looked it up. It's on August 29th is the draw. We'll have more on that. Um, if you disagree with us, or if you have a better group stage, uh, go ahead and tweet us at PSG Talk. Yeah, I realize mine's already bad. I have two German teams. <laughs> oh, no. Do you want to yeah, replace one real quick? <laughs> well, uh, I can't have two uh, German teams in the same group stage, so I'm going to have to switch Leverkusen. Probably with, uh, I'm going to go with Valencia. Just add on a Liga team, travel to Spain. That'll be a difficult matchup. That'll be a little more interesting. There you go. Well, it should be fun. We'll have Hopefully, we'll have all of our players fit. By then, we'll have Idris Gay, hopefully, and oh yes, Herrera. yeah, hopefully. That's why I'm but, saying I want to give Tuchel at least to the Champions League, where he can get his players in, some of the new signings, and see what happens. And if we're still flat and we're still losing, we'll have to do do something about it. But I'm willing to give him that far. So yeah. we've got the match against Tulu. We'll have more on that on different podcasts. Um, by the way, shout out to all of our other podcasters out there. We've got the 1970 and we've got uh, the 24th and Park guys. So we'll have more on our other podcasts. So we're going to skip over that game for now, but look for something on that game later this week. Let's just go into some of the Twitter questions uh, that we've got. So this one is from at David Froster. And he wants to know, if we get Dybala, won't it be best to drop Cavani to the bench with Dybala starting in his place? There's been rumors that Cavani is already signed a deal or is agreed to play for inter miami i think that's their name the david yeah. beckham team do you think Cavani's getting an age he's not really scoring those goals he's not making those runs into the box as much if dibala were to come in does Cavani go to the bench what do you guys think um i i think uh well i think he's still making those run into runs into the box it's just that sometimes i think he gets a little too cute in front of goal and uh and misses those easy ones um, does he go to the bench? Maybe. Uh, I still would like to see Mbappe in the middle. Uh, I don't know. I hadn't watched enough of uh, Dybala recently, um, especially since uh, Ronaldo's there on whether he can play on the wing or not. But uh, ideally, that that's what I'd like to happen. 
And um, since since Cavani's supposed to be leaving, maybe, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him being a a sub to come off the bench. Um, but I also, you know, for somebody who stuck through the, the Zlatan era and him yeah. playing on the wing and things like that, I also don't want to uh, do him wrong right before he leaves either. So. Yeah, he's definitely a club legend. I don't know if he gets a, a statue outside the park, but he's definitely in that upper echelon of mm-hmm. PSG players. Zach, would you drop in favor of Dybala? I mean, uh, Dybala did score that amazing goal. And, um, I don't know if that was the first match of the season or preseason, but that little chip. From oh, just yeah, that, was, that turn and chip was beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I also like to see Mbappe inside. All, all respect to Cavani. He's an amazing player. He's worked hard for the club, but... I mean, he has, like, no chemistry with Mbappe right now. Those two just do not link up well on the pitch. Um, I think a combination of Mbappe and Dybala in the center would be pretty amazing. Either Dybala right behind him, um, I I would be in favor of that. Uh, I just think it unlocks a lot more potential for our team. I just think we'll be scoring more goals. I think it's that simple. Yeah, and for that exact reason, just they're like oil and water, um, Mbappe and Cavani, I think definitely see what the chemistry between Dybala and Mbappe is and and then go from there. Next question is from a Twitter handle that I cannot pronounce. I'm squinting my eyes. It's like ill para it's germ one. (laughs) He or she wants to know what has PSG done to prepare for the post Tiago Silva era? We talked earlier in the show about stripping him of the captaincy, considering the current state of the defense um, do you like some of the young players that we have, you know, uh, Loic and Beso, um, Colin Dagba, we've got some good young defenders. Um, has, does PSG need to do more? Is, is Marquinhos and Kimpembe, for example, are they the center back pairing for the future? Um, I think, I mean, that's why we got Diallo this, this summer as well. And Karras was supposed to be that dynamic right back center back. We've been getting, we've been picking up defensive players that they just have been really inconsistent. Um, if we get 2017 Kimpembe versus last year's Kimpembe, we'll look a lot better. Um, I, we have three center backs in Diallo, Kimpembe, and Kara that I think, and well, four in, with Marquinhos. Yeah. They all have a lot of potential, but uh, outside of Marquinhos, they've just been inconsistent. If we can get, keep them uh, performing in a consist- consistent level, I, I think we might have enough, but yeah. it really depends on uh, what's available um, next next summer in the transfer market. It's definitely one of our strongest in terms of the youth movement coming through with Arthur Zagre. And so I mentioned earlier, um, I think at this position, we are well equipped to deal with the decline of Silva or the eventual departure of him. I think, like you said, Diallo and some of the youngsters coming through. I feel like we're pretty set. Is there a defender that you like, James, that's coming through that you think could replace uh, Silva? Do you think Kampanbe will recapture some of that 2017 form? I, I, I'm optimistic that uh, Kampanbe will will get back to uh, King Pembe, as they were yes. calling him on the, yeah. on the Reddit. Love it. Bring it back. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, as a as a whole – uh, PSG has been doing enough um, to get bodies to replace Silva. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, I don't know that we've been doing a whole lot to prepare. Like who we actually, who's next up in line for when he's gone, and we got to switch the armband over. I feel like some feelings might get a little hurt over that. Um, so I, I think those are two separate issues, though. Um, as far as just having a back line, um, I think. Marquinhos 
can grow. Um, I think he's almost there into being able to lead that back line, and we just need somebody next to him, whether that's Kerr, Diallo, or Kempembe. Uh, I think at any moment, it, it might change all the time, which may not be great, but I have hopes that we can have three solid uh, second center backs uh, that we can rotate through and, and play well. I mean, I don't, I don't think that we need uh, four superstars. I think we need, you know, one good one that can lead, uh, and a another good one that can just be dependable. Okay. And once we get to a dependable, once we find one that's dependable, then I think we're, I think we're in good shape. And I think we have somebody on the team that can do that now. Nice. All right. Next question. At Tommy P90 wants to know what would be your starting midfield with the players we have now. So let's assume we get to the Champions League. We're lining up against Atletico. Who are you starting? I would say Verratti. Let's assume everyone's healthy. I think you've got to go Verratti. I think Herrera and Adrisa Gay. Those are my three. What do you guys think? We'll go with James. I'm not going to disagree. Uh, okay. th- those are those are the three that I would pick uh, to start the game as well. Zach, are you going yeah, to would The only thing I'd say is I would possibly be in favor uh, if he gets his form up for Paredes instead of Herrera, actually, and actually have him play the six and let Gaia go box to box and uh, do a lot of the dirty work for Verratti so he can be a little more creative, kind of like a, a little more reminiscent of the uh, Mata, Matuidi, Verratti days. But yeah. uh, we... but. As of right now, Prady is just – we need to get his confidence up. I want to see those long passes more. <laughs> I don't know if I've been as excited for a player as I am for Adrisa Gay just because you read the stats yeah. and no one had more tackles in the Premier League than he did. You know, just – he's just a horse. I mean, he'll just get out there. He'll tackle. He'll win the ball. Like you said, he'll do all that dirty work for uh, Verratti and let him roam a little bit more. Um, hopefully, he's getting his fitness up and recovering. Uh, I hope he plays against Toulouse. Yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. – May also even see Neymar. I think I saw something about the the what? medical squad. Yeah, the medical squad at least said he's healthy. If you remember, I think it was Tuchel said something about he's you know still recovering or something very vague. Yeah. And now maybe that it looks like he's definitely going to stay with PSG. Maybe they're going to be like, all right, you need to get out there and play a little bit. So um, hopefully we'll see not only Neymar but Gay and hopefully Herrera as well uh, come back into the squad because. Last Sunday did not look good. We need a we need our players. Uh, let's do one more question. I'm just gonna look through here. All right. So this is from at PSG AJ. He wants to know if Leonardo could only do one of the following, which would you rather have, Donnarumma and Atal from Nice, or just Dybala? And this is irrespective of the Neymar deal. So don't worry about money. But if he could only do one of those deals, which one would you want? Man, I'm taking the goalkeeper and the right back. I've- yeah, uh, I think for, it's a no-brainer. Uh, two is much better than one. I mean, <laughs> I think we, need we have both of those positions. Yeah, I think we oh, have yeah. enough up front to be serviceable. I mean, as long as you got Mbappe up there, I mean, really, if if you just let the kid do what he wants to do, that's pretty much all you need up there. Uh, but you you can't lose if they don't score. So if you can get a good keeper and a good right back. I think that's a, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, and people kind of sleep on, you know, Sarabia. I think he's a player. We've seen him in that Angel Di Maria role. Uh, if you played Mbappe down the middle, 
maybe Neymar on the left and Sarabi on the right. I don't I don't know how much you would need Dybala, to be honest. And I think you got to go with the keeper and right back. But I could be wrong. Zach, what do you think? No, I'm with you guys. Keeper okay. and the right back for sure. I like it. That's all the Twitter questions. We had a few others come in, uh, but we've kind of answered some of them as we've talked. Um, that's the show. Guys, how can people find you? Zach, go ahead and plug anything you want, or how can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, argue with you see. about any of your thoughts? My uh, Twitter is uh, papadon underscore. You can follow me on there. Uh, I pretty much recycle a lot of our own content, though, so <laughs> not, <laughs> nothing too crazy. It's all good. And James? Uh, I am at Teague13, uh, that's T-E-A-G-U-E-1-3 on Twitter. Uh, I've decided that week eight, for all you college football fans, I will be posting my own college football rankings using uh, machine learning to do some uh, predictive things and have a top 25 of my own. So uh, we'll treat that a little bit like the BCS and let some games uh, games build up and uh, probably start trying to tweet those out uh, so long as I can uh, get that going. So be able to look out for that. I will definitely be checking that out and see where you rank my beloved Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> uh, definitely will be following that. Um, and, of course, you can find me at PSG Talk uh, on Twitter. We are also on YouTube. We're really trying to grow our YouTube following. You can find this podcast, uh, the video version, if you want to look at our faces. Um, it's just YouTube.com backslash PSG Talk. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash PSG Talk. Pretty much any social media, just search for us, PSG Talk. You'll find it. Um, we've got some great content coming up. I'm really excited. We've got a couple of articles uh, that just came in from one of our contributors, Matt Neuoffer. Neuoffer? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, we've only corresponded via email, but he wrote a piece on PSG's esports team Ooh. as well as their women's team. Yeah, so... You know, people forget PSG, you know, they've got their team, but they've got a lot of other stuff going on. Um, so we're going to try to talk a little bit more about that. I'm excited to read his esports piece. So look for that on the site. Um, also, just want to plug, we're part of the Big Heads Podcast Network. We're going to be doing a lot more with them. We're going to be uh, recording some um, little bumpers that you'll be hearing throughout the show. It's going to sound more professional. Not that it doesn't sound professional already, but, you know, we're going to get some advertisers in here and plug some other shows and um, all that good stuff that you hear on many of your other favorite podcasts. So, guys, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, again, follow us. Follow our contributors. Let us know what you think. Find us in the iTunes or wherever and, and leave a comment. Rank us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>